Today is Awesome Day, Family Day. I love Family Day because families get to be together. And, and we've read articles. The reason we do this fifth Sunday, there's only four months a year that has five Sundays in it. And we normally send the kids down for children's church, and he's eyeballing that money like, wow, what's getting ready? <laughs> he was looking. Uh, so, uh, but Family Day is so awesome because uh, I read some articles and stuff uh, years ago after we started children's church and some of those programs that it's important for kids to be in big church with adults so that they know what big church consists of. Amen. When they grow up, they understand this is what big church is like. That way it's not a culture shock for them. It's just a common thing, and then they'll stay in church. And how many wants their kids to remain in church? Amen. Amen. So this is a plan that we've studied, and we see that it's better, more likely that your child will stay in church if they are in big service with adults. I don't think they have to be in here all the time, but if we can get them in four Sundays a month and let them sit, they can call her, but they're listening. Amen. How many knows they'll listen? Even when they're talking, they're hollering, calling. Let them, let them be. So parents, just let them go. They're, they're free to be me today in this place. Adults are allowed to do whatever you want to do. Kids are allowed to do whatever they want to do. So if they're calling, they're good. If they're hollering, they're good. I'll just get louder. I'll hold the mic closer like this if I have to. So see, she turned around and looked and paid attention. That was perfect. Okay. Family day. Everybody say, I love family day. This is awesome. God has got this big family that he calls all of us his kids. And why not have the children? Jesus said, suffer them to let them come unto him. Amen? And he said, woe is those that won't allow the kids to come. You'd be better off to have a millstone hung around your neck and threw into the bottom of the river than to block one of these little ones to come to Jesus. So I love them, and the church loves them. We're grateful you bring your kids. Today's sermon is uh, returning to our future, or back to our future. Hi, buddy. How are you? Everything going good? That's Bubby? Okay. He's good. So we're going to look at Psalms. Look at Psalms chapter 37. Psalms 37. And we're going, to, we're going to study some stuff here about what the Lord is saying to us today to return to our future. Because we want our future to be bright. Amen? I want to return to a bright future. So Psalms chapter 37. We're going to read verse 37 is where we're beginning at. Psalms 37, 37. Let's see. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. Everybody say peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them, because they trust in him. They're okay. This is what we want. This is family day. I'm good. We're having we're having fun, ain't we? Church is fun. I like church. Okay, me too. I'll do it too then. Well, I ain't falling because I can't get back up. Sorry. Um, so as we look at this, as we look at this scripture here, first scripture that we read is verse 37. And when we're talking about returning to our future, that. Uh, sometimes we as adults we think that it's a bad thing to to uh, mark people amen we don't want to stereotype we don't want to label people amen as we, we teach each other that that as adults we're to be uh, good and we're to be honorable and we're not to label people and put other people down and judge people and all this other stuff but as we do this we think about this here God is telling us through David the, uh, the king of Israel at the time 
that wrote this psalm, Psalm 37. And King David says this from God speaking to us. Mark the blameless man. So he's telling them, label the blameless man. To put a mark upon somebody. And there's not very many times in Scripture that you'll see that somebody's marked. And we know, and we just studied Revelation, that there's going to be a mark of the beast, uh, 666. It's going to be stamped on people's hands and forehands. Uh, we know that... Uh, Cain was marked whenever he was cast out of the Garden of Eden and, and then even after they was here on earth and God cast him out and, and put him out and he went out to nod and he was in the he was a vagabond that he just went about nowhere having place to rest. He was constantly in turmoil because of the sin he had committed in killing his brother. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't kill your brother. That'd be a bad thing, right? Don't don't kill your brother. I know when you're young that you want to kill brothers and all that. That uh, one time, Howie, me and Howie was young, and some of our family came in, and Howie was always bigger than me, even though I'm bigger around than him now. He used to, he's taller than me still, but I'm bigger around than him now. But he, he used to always quite a bit bigger than me. He's always 16 months older, but he was twice as tall as me. I was like a runt. So all you people that's adopted a runt dog, you've done a good thing. My mom and dad kept me, even though I was a runt. I was half size. I was four foot 11 in the ninth grade, super short. Didn't grow, and I hit a growth spurt and just took off and grew right there between the ninth grade and tenth grade. But I was this runt, and, and where cousins was down, and you know how you are. New kids come around, you start showing off. Anybody ever seen a kid show off? Never, right? So they start showing off, and next thing you know, I'm getting mad because it's like I'm the outsider. I want to be in the cool kid club. Amen? If you're around cool kids, you want to be in the cool kid club. So we're doing this from down there, catching crawdads and doing all this stuff in the creek. And next thing you know, we're walking back up towards the house. And I, I'm furious because it's like they're leaving me out. I'm the little runt getting left out. And they're running ahead and playing. Well, they get up on the bridge, and that bridge is taller. I, it's probably eight foot off, off from the bottom of the bridge to the, to the gravel down there. And there's a big rock, and there's a little waterfall there. And they stopped, and they was looking at this little waterfall. Well, I come up behind them, and I'm mad. So in my anger, in the fury of the moment, I get behind Howie and think, I'm fixing to show you, old pal. You might be twice as tall as me, but you'll fall twice as fast. And I give him a shove right off the edge of there, head first. We're little. I mean, we're, I don't, we're bigger than these fellers probably a little bit. I don't know. Probably eight, nine years old, something like that. And I show him off. Well, when he falls, he hits the head first, busts his head wide open. He comes up out of the creek, and he is blood from head to toe. I thought, I have killed my brother. And then the worry sets in. You know how it is as a kid. You think, man, in the moment, this is awesome. I'm going to hurt my brother. And then when he gets hurt, you're like, oh, no, mom and dad's going to kill me now. So we head up the hill, and he's blood just running down his head. It busts him wide open. And we get up there, and they have to take him to the hospital, and he gets sewed up and all that. And he, he, I never did get a stitch. I've never had a stitch in my life. My brother's had all kinds of, he wrecked a bicycle one time. He's always busted his head. I, think, I don't know, maybe he's always busted his head. But he's got all his stitches, and they brought him back and doctored up, and he healed up. Thank God he healed up. Because if I'd have killed my brother, it'd have been a bad day, right? Look at your kids and say, be good to your siblings. Pastor Ben said so. <laughs> God's word says so. Amen. We're to take care of each other. Bible says that children are an inheritance of the Lord. In the book of Psalms, it says the children are inheritance of the Lord. And it says this, that, uh, that it's an honor, it's a blessing to the man to have his quiver full of them. That the man with the most kids, he's blessed. Uh, I don't have any kids, so God ain't blessed me with any kids. But 
Well, yeah, dude, I got three right here. I'm good. Uh, there's kids everywhere. I love kids. I love being around kids, but we don't have kids of our own. But I want to give you some advice today. That as we're looking through this stuff, and it tells us here to mark the blameless man. As we're saying that, that God's telling us that, he's instructing us that, he's telling us label people. Really? You mean God labels people? Yeah. He's keeping a book. The Bible says we're going to be judged according to every idle word and all those things. We will be measured. We will be marked by God according to our actions. Not what It's not his fault. It's our fault. Amen? So as we look at this day, mark the blameless man. God is wanting to point us in the direction and tell us as, as his children, as the nation of Israel, mark the blameless man. He's not telling us to label everybody else. The wicked, right now, he's telling us, mark the blameless man. So what's he telling us for? He's telling us that so that we look for the good in people. Amen? Look for the best in people. Because I'm telling you, if I want to look at the negative in people that I try to tear everybody down, I can pick everybody apart. I got a critical spirit. Amen? Maybe I'm the only one in here. Nobody else is shaking their head yes. You're just as critical as me. Amen. I know you are. You criticize people. You look for things wrong with people. Your co-workers, well, I can't believe she done that again. She went over there and she was 30 seconds late back from break and it was just awful. And Amen. Or oh me, one way or another. And we, th- we act like we're some kind of perfection, picture of perfection, when all along in reality, we do just as many things to make them mad as they do to make us mad. And we're always looking for the worst in people. Oh, he's counting change now. You're doing good, ain't you, bub? So mark the upright person, the blameless man. Somebody that's blameless before God is somebody that's forgiven by God. Because all of humanity is fallen. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody has sinned. Amen. So if everybody's a sinner, so now God's telling us mark the blameless man. Who's the blameless man? One that's forgiven by God. It's not a person that's perfect. It's a person that asks God for forgiveness. So who is this person today in our world that we're living in? He's telling us, mark the Christians. Amen? So what are we to do? Mark the Christians. What are you to do with those Christians? Look at those Christians. The Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. Amen? And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. They had a song a few years ago at the, at the collar run and all that, and it got stuck in my head. So there's the fruit of the Spirit that Galatians tells us about. That there's these, these nine different things that God tells us. This is the fruit to inspect by. And if we look at a Christian, we should see love. Amen? We should see long-suffering. We should see gentleness. We should meet, see meekness, kindness, self-control. Amen. If Christians need anything, they need self-control. What is, what is a Christian? They're, they're a person that is upright before God. They're somebody that are marked by God. So if they're marked by God, they ought to be marked according to humanity. That we can see traits in their life that leads us to believe that they're following in the paths of righteousness. Amen. That they're walking this walk. That they're talking this talk. And not to say they're perfect. Because the more you look for things wrong, the more you're going to see things wrong. Look for the best in people. Amen. As Christians, what if we would begin and continue to say, I'm going to look for the best in everybody I come into contact with this week. I'm not looking to put people down. I'm looking to build people up. Amen. The Bible tells us to edify one another. The Christians edify, build up to create structure. 
If you know somebody that's got some troubles, got some trials, got some tribulations going on in their life, and they're trying to live this Christian life, they're a blameless person, mark them. And don't go in and take other rocks out of their foundation. Go in there and put some more rocks in. What is rocks of, of, of the foundation? Tell them about love. Speak to them and, and declare things to them. So as God tells us to mark this man, to observe him, to look. So as Christians, we should be noticing things. Amen? We can't go around with blinders on and say, oh, no, that don't exist. Oh, no, that never happens. God don't want us to be uh, oblivious to what's going on in society. We should have a, a reality check inside of us that says when bad things happen and, and, and heartfelt pain is going on in somebody's life, that we'll look and see that we will know that we're marking that person as a Christian, that we're there to help, not to tear down. Look at your neighbor and say, how blameless are you? I didn't say shameless. That's Garth Brooks' song. Shameless. All the world will see. So as we see this, that there's a blameless man. For the look, look at verse 37. For the future. Everybody say future. That wasn't very loud. You didn't act like you had a future. I want you to say future. future. No, that still wasn't loud enough. Future. future. Oh, you're getting better, but not there yet. Okay, Karen wants us to put our hands like this. Okay, everybody put your hands outside your mouth. It's like future. future. Now, all these kids knows there's a future. Yes. And if we're going to return to the future, instead of going back to the future like they did in the movie, so as we're looking at this, we're going to look at this future that God's talking about. For the future of that man or woman, it's not in speaking about male or female here, is peace. Amen. What if we didn't just run over Scripture and run over verses in the Bible and just read through them real fast and really look at this and sit back and say, God wants me to mark upright people, Christians. He wants me to observe the upright, the blameless people, for the future, the future of that man is peace. Wow. How many would like to have some peace? Amen. In your home, at your workplace, in your society, maybe in your county. What if Millersburg would just be a haven of peace? Amen. They're down there. They got construction going on, going through there a week or two ago, and I had road all blocked off. And it's, is anybody else like me when it comes to driving? If somebody goes too slow, or if people go too fast. Or maybe they don't use their turn signals. Amen. Amen. I, it's woe is me here. I'm talking about me. And it aggravates me. I've got some of that road rage stuff. I don't ever shoot anybody or anything like that. I don't go that far. But I've got some road rage. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? I get some road rage when I get... There you go. Since he won't lift his hand, she's raising it for him. So we've got this road rage going on. And when I'm around people like that, it's like, just come on. i got to go. And, and then next thing you know, it seems like the more road rage I get when I was coming through Millersburg and everybody's slow as construction going on. So what do you think happens then? So as I travel just a little bit farther, yep, they're moving a house trailer. It's a double wide. And they're going a lot slower than what I was going before. So when I thought it was all that bad with people not using their turn signals and going too sl slow through construction, then the next thing you know, that's not very peaceful. Amen. I had to drive halfway to Maysville 
behind two double-wide trailers, and finally they got up through there far enough and got on a big straight stretch, and they pulled over and let everybody around. There was 15 cars behind them, and I was like, come on, i got to get home. But that didn't create any peace. So I was looking for what's wrong. I find more of it. Come on, somebody. The more I bicker, the more I complain, the more I'm critical, the more of that happens in my life. But the Bible tells us here, if we will mark that blameless person, if we will look for the upright and observe that upright, that the future of that man is peace. When we look for the best in people, the best will come out in us. Amen. And when the best comes out, peace comes out. The Bible says that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Amen. I need some peace in my life, don't you? I want, I want so much peace in my life that it just dumbfounds me that I can't even understand how my life can have so much peace. It makes no sense to me. How about you? That blameless man is there. But then verse 38, let's go on. There's always a but. Amen. Every scripture you go to read, the next thing you know, there's a but. So God tells you, mark this blameless man, observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. I love peace. But, wouldn't you know, somebody throw their butt in it. But the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. That don't look, sound like the group I, group I want to be in. Amen? The transgressor, somebody that has broken the law, that is continually breaking the law, that looks forward to breaking the law, that loves being a crook, loves being a, 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 a wicked person, that transgressor, they shall be destroyed. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. They will be cut off from God. They will cut, be cut off from serenity. Their mind will become so convoluted and just destroyed with the things going on. They're so caught up in the ways of the wicked. They'll be cut off from God. And I believe that God's long-suffering. Amen? I believe he's long-suffering toward us. The New Testament tells us that, that God is long-suffering towards us. And while we're yet sinners, he still loves us. Amen. You can't look at your neighbors and say, well, they're a transgressor. They're somebody. And you begin to point fingers and say, they'll never meet God. They're cut off. They're done away. And they've, they've cast off God. And they, he'll have nothing to do with them again. And I've heard preachers preach this before. When I was a kid, I'd come into church and they'd say, this might be your last altar call. God won't deal with you anymore. That's a scary thing to say, and it won't come from these lips. Would I give up on people? Yeah. Will God? No. I believe His grace is beyond finding out. His grace goes farther than my grace will. Amen? He's long-suffering towards people. So as we say this, that God is saying, I don't, when they're cut off is when their last breath is drawn. That's when it's over. They had the anointing oil. Maybe they'll get anointed. I don't know. Maybe they're going to anoint each other. They'll run around and get you all. <laughs> a little dab will do you, everybody. So he's telling us that the trans transgressor, they'll be cut off. So in this, that God is telling us there's positive things to look for. Verse 39, but the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in their time of trouble. A safe person doesn't mean you will not have trouble. 
How many can say amen as Christians? Amen. As a Christian, I can tell you today that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you won't have trouble. Life is complicated. Amen. Life is burdensome. But I can tell you this. But you will find strength in time of trouble. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. When you become a Christian, you get this supernatural strength about you that allows you to have strength that you didn't know was possible but without God. How many can say amen as Christians? It's not that your life is not going to be troubled because as long as we're breathing breath and we're here in this broken world, and I, I've heard this a thousand times in my life. You'll ask somebody to come to church, and they'll say, I don't know about going to church. Why is a good thing? You talk about God and how good he is, but why does good thing, or bad things happen to good people? How many's ever heard that? Why does bad things happen to good people? You want the answer? I'll tell you the answer today. You want to know why bad things happen to good people? Because of the fall of Adam and Eve. Humans chose against the will of God that we wanted to know right from wrong. We wanted to know good and evil. And when you know what evil is, evil you're going to get. Why does bad things happen to good people? Because of Adam and Eve fell, and all of humanity has sinned. We're undone. We're unworthy of God. But he still loves us anyway. Amen? So as we're saying this, but this strength comes when that trouble comes. When bad things happen to good people and they're Christians, what happens? Strength comes. And there's enough to bear the burden. And you don't have to bear it alone. He said, come unto me, all you you labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. As Christians, we can come to God and we can bring our cares to him because he cares for us, Scripture tells us. And as God gives us this, this ability to make it through the storms, just like his disciples come to him that time in the middle of the storm, and we spoke about this a few weeks ago, that, that he's there in the middle of this boat, and, and the storms are coming, and Jesus wakes up, and he's down there sleeping. He's, he's not tore up about it, and he gets up, and he comes up to the top of the bow, and standing there, and it's storming, and they're, they're saying, we're going to perish, we're going to die. And Jesus says, peace be still. And when he says, peace be still, the storms back up, the waves quit, in an instant that's some strength that's what God can bring in our life what, did the storm not happen yeah it happened but with Jesus it ceases and whatever storm or whatever trouble you're going through the perplexity that's going on in your life right now all you have to do is depend on God amen I don't know when he's going to wake up and come up the steps of the ship but I know he's coming amen I can look forward that Jesus is going to make it okay Thank God. But there's this technique that a, that a boss of mine taught me one time, and it, he taught me how to deal with people. How many wants to know how to deal with people? Hey, man, because people's hard to deal with. I don't know if you've ever noticed that or not. If, you, if you're around many people, it's e easy to get agitated. Hey, man, it's easy to get mad and lose your cool and all that. He taught me this principle, and he said, whenever you're dealing with somebody, or maybe it's an employee, or maybe it's somebody that's going through this or that, or whatever, he was take, taking it from an employee standpoint, that one of my employees was doing something wrong, there was somebody that was supposed to report to me, he said, good, bad, good. Everybody say, good, bad, good. Good, bad, good. You need to, you need to get this. This is one thing I want you to get today. 
we know that we're watching people, that we're marking people, we need to do the good, bad, good technique. What is that? Just like God did right here in this scripture, verse 37. That's good. Watch the upright person. Watch the blameless person. Observe them, right? So as God's telling us something good, then he says the wicked shall be cut off. That's bad. Then he goes right back to something good. Salvation comes from the Lord, and he's, he's a strength in a time of trouble. Good, bad, good. That's a technique God uses on us. So as I learned this principle, I started to use it. And I'm telling you, if you'll bring somebody in and you're going to talk to somebody, maybe it's your friend that's going through some trouble. Don't bring them in and automatically beat them down and let them walk out feeling like that you've just criticized them, that you've hurt them, that you're only causing trouble, more trouble in their life. Amen? Bring them in. Talk to them and say, There's, you do this really, really well. You, you have this good characteristic trait about you. And in doing so, and then switch it to gear and go in to say, but I've seen this. This is going on. And I feel like you're struggling here. And I feel like it's harmful to you. And then swing right back to something good again. Let them leave on a positive note. I'm telling you, this principle works. I've witnessed it multiple times since the guy told me to do it. That's the way I, that's the way I do counseling or anything I do. I'm not going to let somebody come for marriage counseling and sit before me and leave out worse than they came in. I want them to leave on a high note. Amen? Because God is good. He sends His mercy and His grace in our life, and we need to let people walk away from us better off than they came. And in doing so, I want us to look at this one other scripture real quick. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. We're just about done. We're going to go baptize some people. It's going to be awesome. We've got a couple here that's going to get baptized. They're, they're anxious and ready. It's going to be fun. There were several this morning uh, said they're going to get baptized too. So we're going to have, I, I think there's at least five or six right now that I know of. It's going to be baptized here in about an hour. It's going to be awesome. Matthew chapter 5. So this awesome thing of baptism is going to be cool. Can't wait. So Jesus talked about these people that are blessed. If you want to talk about a marked person, a Christian person, a blameless person, let's look at some of the things Jesus says will be a blessing come back in their life. Matthew chapter 5, it's the Beatitudes. This is the Sermon on the Mount. As Jesus has talked to them, a lot of people call them the Beatitudes. And the reason I call them the Beatitudes, I think, is because they need to be your attitude. Amen. Amen? Jesus wasn't just talking to be heard. He was speaking so people would listen and change their actions. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to change a little. I know you're perfect and all that, and you're all that in a bag of chips, but that, yeah, you need to change a little bit. Amen. So as Jesus is teaching these Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. That sounds awesome. How many ever felt poor in your spirit? Amen. Wore down, wore out. Felt like your spirit, man, wasn't alive and vibrant as it once was. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven here on earth. Amen. The more that it seems like everything's going wrong, actually, the more of heaven we're receiving in our life here on this earth. Verse 4, blessed, everybody say blessed, are those who mourn. Does that sound like fun? Does anybody love to mourn? No. Mourning is no fun. But mourning, if you're mourning, you're blessed. And what are you mourning about? Maybe it's not just mourning about what's going on in your life. What if you're mourning for others? 
What if we would take on the pain and the heartache and some of the things that other people in our congregation are facing? And maybe you hear from Sister Joanne down in Vanceburg campus and she doesn't even ever come up here but other than our picnics or things here or there. And what if you've seen her post on Facebook that she hasn't heard from her son for a week and she's burdened down and feels like there's not a lot going on and you think been there for a while to clean her yard and, and something else and you just have this concern that rises up on the NSI you say, maybe I ought to call Sister Joanne this week. What if there's some mourning goes on on somebody else's behalf? Or if you know a family is dealing with some loss right now that Big Bill had passed away just the other day, what if you could feel and, and be touched with the burden of somebody else and mourn a little bit? When we mourn, Jesus says, they shall be comforted. Amen. Comforted. I want the comfort of the Spirit of God to comfort me the way Jesus said. Verse 5, blessed are the meek. This isn't the cool kids, this is the meek. This is the quiet ones that sit back and don't always be boastful or anybody else. They're just meek. They shall inherit the earth. This is awesome stuff. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The more mercy you show, the more mercy you get. Amen. The more judgment we show, the more judgment we get. All those Pharisees and Sadducees run around all over the nation of Israel and they put down everybody else and, and always picking at everybody else and saying, you have to do this and you have to do that. And then Jesus, the perfect one, shows up on the scene. And what happens to them? They become judged. You know why? Because they was judging everybody else. And what's Jesus say to them? He says, you're a brood of vipers. You're a whitewashed sepulcher. Outwardly, you've got all these professions and things going on, but inwardly, you're full of dead men's bones. Amen. And sometimes when we try to appear so holy that we're always putting everybody else down, yeah. really, it just shows how dead we are inside. Yeah. Amen. Blessed are the poor, pure in heart, for they shall see God. That was a home interior picture that mom had in our house from the time I was little. As one of the very few, as a non-believer, that was one of the verses I had memorized. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are pure in, pure in heart, for they shall see God. And I, I preached a sermon on this one time. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And there's a big blank after that. What do you want to see God do? Amen. What are you looking forward from God? If you're pure in heart, you're going to see God move mountains. Amen? If you're going through an awful valley right now, and it seems like the valley of the shadow of death is just shadowing over you, and you're looking forward to that mountaintop experience, blessed, become pure in heart. The purer you come to God, the more you'll see God do. That's the truth. Pureness with God. You'll see God. Verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers. <laughs> well, I know some troublemakers. Peacemakers are hard to come by, amen? That's the person that's always on Facebook telling what all's going on good. i, I got to bring it into reality because Facebook's the world we live in now. How many knows there's peacemakers on Facebook? How many see more good out of Facebook than bad? 
not going to raise my hand. I see a lot more trouble in people posting this or posting that. And it, it's the truth that the, the, somebody said that bad news will travel around the earth seven times before uh, uh, good news will get out of the parking lot. It's the truth. Let, let WSAZ come out and give a story on something good. And man, a, a church is downtown feeding the homeless and doing this and doing that and having a big celebration for kids in apartments that's struggling and, and having heartache and pain in their life. It'll be on the news and nobody will say anything. Nobody will share it. Nobody will post it. Nobody will go on and say this is happening or that's happening. It, it just, that just ends right there. But post something bad, the whole world will know it before the next morning. Why? Because they're not peacemakers. Amen? Peacemakers promote peace. Troublemakers promote trouble. Woe is me, because I'm guilty too. I'm not, I'm not saying the whole world is, is, is wrong about that and I'm perfect because I, the other day I posted that thing about being influence somebody tomorrow. Do that. Influence somebody tomorrow with good. And the world needs some more good things happening. Amen? The world needs more people bragging about the goodness of God in their life. And I love this. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. They will be marked as children of God. Psalms 37 says, Mark the upright man. Peacemakers are upright people. They'll be marked. They'll be known to the world. Man, these are the true children of God. And I'm ready for the church to truly be the church. Amen. I'm ready for the church to be a church that blesses and don't curse. Amen. That welcomes and doesn't push away. I'm ready for the church to be a place that says, yes, this is a place that you can come. Amen. No matter what your background, no matter what you're facing or what troubles are going on in your life, the church of Jesus Christ should be a place that welcomes those that are burdened so that we can help hold them up. The minute somebody gets hurt, it isn't a time to say, well, you need to go away. That's the moment when God says, draw them in. Love them the way I love you. I love it that Paul the Apostle says, follow me as I follow Christ. Let me be an influence in your life. How positive are we? Verse 10, I love it. Blessed are those who persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When you do good stuff, people's going to try to tear you down. Amen. Every time I try to do something good, something else battle, somebody will make out of it. Yeah. Anybody ever done that? You try to do the right thing, try to do something right, next thing you know, somebody makes something negative about it. Don't focus on the negative. Because the minute you start focusing on that, negative is going to come back. Yeah. Just let them go on being their negative self and be an upright person yourself. Don't worry about everybody else. Worry about yourself. Amen. Jesus tells us that we're the salt and life in the rest of that. It's just a... Read the Sermon on the Mount. It's awesome. It is so awesome. i got just one more scripture as we, Leslie, come. It's Joshua. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. I love family day. I love that the kids are sitting here getting to hear Amen. about being a good person. Amen. Amen. The children are getting to hear that they're a blessing and not a curse. I love it that children are experiencing the faithfulness of God in our lives. Joshua chapter 24 verse 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and faithfulness. 
Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. And as if it's in your own eyes to serve the Lord, if it's evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day who you'll serve, whether the gods are your fathers from the reason served beyond the river or the gods and the Amorites in whose land you dwell now. Joshua was telling the people, the children of Israel, as they're getting ready to inherit the land, as they're going into Israel, the nation, that the land that God promised them, the promised land, he says you got to choose. And today, if you want to go return back to the future that God has intended for you, I'm telling you today, the choices you make today will impact your tomorrow. Your future is decided by your current actions. Amen. My current actions, I'm going to live with consequences for that. Maybe you're saying, well, Pastor Ben, I've done so many things wrong that I think all these consequences added up, and I don't know if God can ever get, get to me. I've been through so much pain, and my family is so tore up, and we're so divided, and so it just seems like we're conquered by the enemy. And I feel like I've, all my actions of my past are determined in my future because I've got to live out what I've dealt. And what Joshua is telling the children of Israel here is, choose today because it'll change your tomorrow. And I'm telling you today, there's somebody else at church this morning at the Vanceburg campus, some young person that I, I, I didn't see them, I didn't think they was going to raise their hand this morning when I asked them to stand and close their eyes and and I asked him, do you, want to, do you want to follow Jesus? Do you want some peace in your home? Or are you tired of living with the consequences of sin? And there was this person raised their hand. and it, Two weeks in a row, I've seen people make decisions that's going to change their future. And not just their future, it's going to change their kids' future. The future is bright. I love how that verse ended. Won't you stand? I want you parents that's here today. you got kids around, still got kids at home. I, I want you to write this verse, and I, I, I just assume you do it with, with some crayons that's there with you today. This last verse that Joshua said, he, he was telling the children of Israel, I, I can explain to you how to live for God. I can talk to you about the consequences you're going to face and all this stuff and good, bad, good. And I can use all these techniques and everything else. And Joshua was telling all these other people that God is able to do great things in their life. But he said, you got to choose. you got to choose today. But Joshua leaves it with this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'd like to see that be on your refrigerator. Don't put it up where you can see it. Put it down where your kids can see it. Get your magnet, stick it up down there for them. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Because I know today that my future is going to get better with God. Amen? He's changing my tomorrow because he's changing my actions today. Won't you bow your head and close your eyes if you will. think back and as I'm standing here right now I think about some people think only adults can come to know Jesus I'm a firm proponent in children having the right to declare 
their salvation moment and Leslie's standing up here and she can tell the story about it at nine years old sitting there in the church pew her mom and dad raised her to go to church and took her from the time she was born at nine years old she's sitting there in a the seat and she felt the conviction of God that said mommy can't make this choice for you she can put you in a flowery dress put your pantyhose on curl your hair and take you to church but Leslie had to make that decision for herself and today kids in this room if you feel Jesus beating on your heart's door and he's telling you that you need to accept him as your savior today's the day all you got to do is choose Jesus and ask him for forgiveness and he'll forgive you and he'll make you a bright future don't wait Nobody looking around. I want everybody here to close their eyes, even the kids. Everybody here, just close your eyes. I want to ask you this. Is there anybody here that will say, Pastor Ben, I can feel Jesus beating on my door, and I know I need to make things right with God. Today, I want to do that. I just want you to lift your hand. Is there anybody here that will lift your hand and say, that's me? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You can put your hands down. Uh, thank you, Jesus. I want everybody here to pray this prayer together. We're praying it with those that have decided today that they're going to follow Jesus. We're all going to pray together. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. Help me to know the grace and mercy that you have supplied to me today. Help my future to be as bright as you want it to be. You're my Lord. You're my Savior. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.